what's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? I don't with- know it. Let's do it again. (laughs) What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. So, R.I.P. Jack, he's not with us today. Because he's working on Peter Poon up in Bard College. <laughs> today we have a very, very, very special guest host who's also have you ever a J. Someone they're not special. We, today we have a very basic guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, our guest is super basic, but our guest host <laughs> is Mr. J W. We used to call Jack J W in high school. Why? And you're who are you? James Whiteside. Fame, fortune, Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Fame, a little. Fortune, not so much. Instagram, nailing it. We have to pay rent, and that's where we are now. We're at your home. Not rent, mortgage. Yeah, I know. Fancy, right? That's pretty adult. I am 33, and I have an apartment in New York City and a bouquet on the table. Wow, I'm 37, and I, I don't have anything. I own a computer. Those are so expensive. My, they they're more than a, a house. I also have an old iPad that works really well, but Jack recently tried to give me like a a typing... Like a keyboard for A keyboard for it? doesn't fit. It's too old. Mm. You know what I really don't understand to this day? That they called it an iPad. You, why? Like a sanitary napkin? Yes. All oh. I can think is with wings. An iPad with wings. Do they call the big ones maxi pads? Yes. That's the iPad Pros are now <laughs> maxi pads. I just can't even believe that that got past the table, you know? I what would you've called it? Uh, I would have called it flat computer. <laughs> what would I have called no, it? No, I mean it needs a name. Uh, what are those oh, legal pad? What have called it like I legal. No. No? Tablet. I would have called it I composition notebook. <laughs> <laughs> I journal. I journal. Nasty. That's pretty good. No, it's bad. Anything um, that has an I in front of it now sounds completely outdated. Have you seen anything interesting in the last few days? I know you're busy, but. Mm, I've been watching this TV show called 13 Reasons Why. Oh, you were, I don't understand how there's a second season. Well, there is. And they. I mean. I just can't even imagine that children watch this show. It is so dark. I was so disturbed by that very graphic suicide scene in scene one that I don't know that I can continue. It's it's really graphic, the whole thing. And there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of new information. Um, okay, about the same thing. About the same girl. And you see that she's not, you know, particularly angelic. And she has her own issues you know, to deal with. And I thought you were going to say that she's not actually dead. And I was like, this is good. I'm <laughs> no, ready for it. <laughs> she's dead as fook. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's important. And I think it's sort of, uh, you know, starting a very, very honest conversation about hideous things. Well, I really like children. looking at that main guy. He's special looking. Oh yeah. His, he's literally like milk with eyebrows. Yeah. You know, like he looks like you know, spilled milk with But not your eyebrow. boyfriend milk. No, different no, milk. So like, different. Like, so milk. narrow. Yeah. I saw him on Jimmy Kimmel. Did you watch that? No. He looked like he was, like, shitting his pants. I can't Am I, imagine. Can I swear on this? Yeah, if, okay. you can say all the curse words. Okay, good. Um, yeah. 
and I was charmed. Wow. And the girl, her face is literally the moon. She's beautiful. And she wears a lovely hairdo of natural, like, wavy On Jimmy Kimmel? No, just, like, that's her hair. Is she British or Australian? She's Australian. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen a show? Like, a dance show? You're just in dance shows. Oh, I forgot that's what this is about. I Um, know, it's not really. I haven't seen anything. I went to see Labiadere, because I wasn't in that. Oh, yeah. Which cast? This cast? Isabella. Cindy? Yeah. I don't like Labiadere, but she was spectacular. So I've heard. Yeah. Like, absolutely stunned. Um, I saw Savannah Lowry's retirement show, mm. which was wonderful. Like and I'm Savannah. really fond of her dancing, mm. and I'm glad I went. And it's weird, because I remember, like, watching her in class at the School of American Ballet when I was really young, and then, like, watching her the whole time. She's always been so much, like, herself. Mm. And it was just exactly the same up until, like, nice the very face. last She has good eyebrows. Gorgeous. Yeah. And also... She's like the, the girl from 13 Reasons Why. Yes! They actually have a moment. They I the thought about how, like, sad it is that, like, the curtain comes down, the lights go off, and your career is over. Or, like, you move on to another part of your life. Yeah. It feels sad. It is sad, and it's weird, and I can't imagine, and it scares me every day. I hope I get Matt your guys' retirement, and I hope you retire on the same day. No, I'm much older than Lady Cinderton. Not much. Well, three two, years? Two, two years. Let's see. Yeah, but women can be like, I'm 900 years old, and you can hoist me up to my, like, cadaver box. (laughs) (laughs) Case in point, you know what I'm saying? Let's bring in our guest now, because she's here. (laughs) I wasn't sure if I was allowed to make noise during that. No, you did. You were quiet as a mouse. You were secret. You were with your boyfriend, iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell Dan. So you're married. Tell us what your name is. My name is Isabella Boyles. And what's your birth name? <laughs> so my full birth name is Hilder Isabella Boylston. What and what kind of name is that? It's an Icelandic name. Um, really? Yeah. So my great grandmother Hilder Hildur, was ice, from Iceland, and I think my parents, I yeah, I thought it was a beautiful name and. And then, so your Icelandic family then mixed with a Swedish family? Is that what happened? No, actually. So the Icelandic is on my dad's side. Um, I actually recently did Ancestry.com. Okay. But I'm not endorsing them. No, because they really <laughs> fucked up with Yeah, Dan. they really did. Um, but yeah, so I'm majority Scandinavian, and then the rest is like English and a little bit of, I don't know, French and whatnot. Will you answer my next question in Swedish? Okay, sure. Where did you grow up? <laughs> Do any Swedes listen to the podcast? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> my mom. <laughs> She'll listen to this episode. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry, what was your Where question? did you grow up? Uh, so I come from uh, Idaho, a little bit called Sun Valley. And I... Min mina föräldrar träffade på en skidlift. Oh yeah. <laughs> parents met in a ski lift. Oh, wow, good yeah. job. That I, was except amazing. I don't think lift is the right word, but I, I don't just, know like, what it I is. I know her like, you know, when you learn someone's go-to interview right. answers. Oh God, it's so horrible it's when so it just like becomes rote. Uh-huh. So now but you I knew it. Like... You knew the English version, but that was was that the first time you'd heard the Swedish version? Yes. But that I was so fun. I tell. love listening to my friends speak another. Like, even now when Harriet speaks Korean on the phone, mm. like, I'm like, oh, it's amazing. Mm. And yeah. I've heard it a million times. 
Oh. <laughs> Nip slip. <laughs> um, and you are a dancer with American Ballet Theater. Yes. How long have you been in the company? So I joined AVT, the studio company, in 2005 when mm-hmm. I was 18. And I've been with AVT ever since then. Did you ever, like, as a young person, think, like, maybe I'll be in a different company? Or were you just like, I'll go there? Actually, when I was younger... And I went to SAB. I really wanted to be in New York City Ballet. Yeah. Um, Did you just go one summer to SAB? I went for two summers when I was, like, uh, 12 and 13. They, like, gave me a full scholarship and, like, flew me to New York. They literally, like, bought my flights and everything to come. And bragging. um, Mm -hmm. I know, bragging. (laughs) Very humble. No, but then. (laughs) So that was great. And then um, a couple years later, when... My parents finally agreed to let me go to ballet boarding school. I auditioned for SAB, and I didn't get in. Whoa. Yeah. Whose fault is that? Who's, who should be fired now? I'm not saying who it is. It's okay. someone who I get along with wonderfully now. Who is teaching the audition I have a lot class? of respect for. It, so I, I, it was like a private audition. Oh. Um, it was not Heather. It's not? <laughs> no. I guess she's never taught was, in school. No, no. It was like a private audition class, and I had to do the whole thing on point, and I basically... Uh, like couldn't dance on point at that right. point whatsoever. So for our <laughs> listeners who, because I recently learned that people like to get more context about dancings because oh, some people cool. who listen like aren't yeah. dance people. Yeah. So School of American Ballet does the entire ballet class on point, especially f- for like more advanced level yeah. students, and that's very uncommon in other kinds of ballet mm-hmm. training. So I imagine you were more classically trained. And we're accustomed to doing only some of class on point totally. or specific classes yeah. on point. All I had done on point when I was 14 was like, you know, releves and Asia Pay. Right, like point class. <laughs> so yeah, so then I tried to dance on point. I mean, doing the whole class and it was like total failure. Wow. Um, yeah, so I didn't get into SAB. And um, I also auditioned for the Herod Conservatory and I ended up going there. And that, I think, was what put me on the more classical track. And who were your, like, who were your classmates at Herod that we may, might um, know? Well, you would know Lauren Post, we love Lauren my Post. best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there together. Uh, who else? There, uh, A girl who's a really good friend of mine still, Sarah James. She has her own Pilates studio in New York. Um, she, she went to college, but um, she danced with ABT for, like, one season. You're also there, I think, with this girl, Anne, who dances for Lucinda Childs now. Yes. What's her last name? Oh, again? I forgot it. I'm sure... Anne Hayes. Like, I yes. can picture her. Yeah. Um, is her name Hayes? Did you do lesbian stuff when no. you were at Harris? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Seems like a waste of... <laughs> well, I mean, it, if we... It depends what you consider. Well, you guys were literally <laughs> locked into the dorms at yeah, night, yeah. correct? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's. Were you locked into your room strict. or just into the building? No, um, I mean, I don't think there were actual locks, but the doors were alarmed. Oh, so right. if you exited your <laughs> dorm room, the alarm would go off, and they would like hunt you down. Wow, the yeah. room itself. Yeah, super intense. It's very, prison. very. It's the same as prison. Was VSA like that? No, we didn't have any money. Virginia School of the Arts, you guys lived it in was, a shed. It, we lived in, in, um, I don't even know what it was. It was like a, oh gosh, what do you even call it? it was orphanage? Like, a, like an orphanage. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> it, it was exactly like an orphanage. You all had, like, beds in a row in, like, the attic? No, there were, like, different rooms where right. 
it would be two to three people in each room. And then they were all in a row, though. Like, every room was, like, in a row. Like, right. sort of like um, like an orphanage, really. And there was a common room that was... Wait, so you just had, like, one room with a bunch of beds that you guys slept in? No, it was... A, like, there were hallways. So, like, the bedrooms would be off of the hallways. But uh-huh. in the men's dorm, there was no common room or anything. It was just, like, a hallway that went to the bathrooms. <laughs> Where the showers and stuff were. Uh-huh. And then the women's dorm, which was a separate building, which uh-huh. was acro- literally just across the driveway, had um, a room with, like, like three sofas. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, it was fancy. And how many boys were in a room? Two or three? Two or three, yeah. Two or three. Yeah. Did you ever have just a two-room? Yes, I was in a two-person room uh, with a gentleman named Jonathan. And Jonathan. he didn't speak much. He was very nice and polite, and he did homework. And he would sit each night and Was do... he a dancer? Yeah, everyone was a dancer. At oh, it I was... thought VSA had, like, other stuff. They did, but not at, at the time that I went, because it was already losing money right. and going to close. <clears throat> but uh, he would sit every night and do the towel scrunching toe thing. Okay, there's an exercise oh God, that I dancers do, that. do where you, like, sit with your foot on, like, a hand towel or something, and you keep... You scrunch up your toes and it bunches up the towel under your foot and then you like let it go and then you just do it repeatedly and the towel sort of bunches up and then you reset it. And it makes your arches lifted like, and strong. More, yeah. And yeah. poor gentleman had like... No feet. It was... I mean, it looked <laughs> like a hockey stick. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. Well, Jonathan, I hope you're having a good life, not as a ballet dancer. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, well, anyways, hold up. I know, like, I just want to say some good things about Herod, too, because well, I... Herod's I, produced I, so many amazing, amazing dancers. Um, and, yeah, I owe them so much. I had this, in particular, one teacher who I really, really love and still stay in touch with, Victoria Schneider, who just, like, taught me everything about ballet basics. And, and is it, like, a Vaganova kind of yeah, base? Yeah, it's, it's a Vaganova base. Like, for the first semester that I was there, we never got off the bar. Oh, It my was like God. we were going... We were probably doing, like, what the 11-year-olds at the Vaganova school Did do. Did you feel insane? Were you like, I'm going to leave? Um, no. <laughs> wow. I was just like, I'm going to get good at this. And you did. I guess, yeah. Although, I, I probably... Like, How old were you at this if point? I, if, like, 14-year-old me saw me now, 14. I would be like, oh, my God, she's so turned in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's that was common with a lot of, like, ballerina. I think a lot of, like, especially female ballet dancers, like, technically peak around, like, 16, 17. And then they become, like, really amazing dancers, but yeah. aren't necessarily able to do the kind of stuff yeah. that they could do when they were kids, and their body was just, yeah. like, so trained, trained, right. trained. Well, that was definitely not the case for me, though. I was such a late bloomer. <laughs> well, I have seen, like, video of you at YHEP, yeah. and it's, like, cute. It's cute, It's yeah. not like, whoa. No. I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> it was early days. There weren't as many competitors. <laughs> <laughs> you won? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Did you ever do another competition after that? Um, No. You didn't go to, like, Eric Brune or anything like oh, that? Oh, I did Eric Brune. I forgot about <laughs> oh that. My God. Yeah, yeah, I did Eric Brune. I didn't win. I <laughs> went with um Corey. Corey won. Who? Oh, Corey he did? and the ballerina from the National Ballet of Canada, Elena Lebsonova. Uh-huh. 
she they were the winners that year. Um, but it it was a really talented group. What did you? Alvin dance? was there that year too. And who was he dancing with? Um, uh, this beautiful Danish ballerina, mm. Hilary Gusweiler. And then there's always like a fourth wild card couple that's either from like San there was Francisco like Ballet. Stuttgart and was there someone from San Francisco Ballet? I don't was know. Was there someone from Royal? Um, I don't think so. I'm For sorry, some reason, we just really connected with the like the Danes. <laughs> we hung out. They were really nice. It's fun. I remember like everyone was really nervous, and me and Corey were like the only ones taking bar in our socks. <laughs> oh, and um, and like. Hillary, the Danish girl, and Alvin, like, immediately just came up and said hello to everyone mm-hmm. with a huge smile and, like, disarmed everyone. How old were really you? Sweet. Oh, probably, like, 20. What did you dance? I did Black Swan Potida. And what was your contemporary? And the contemporary was a piece that Marcelo Gomez choreographed, a oh, Potida, wow. yeah. That sounds fun. It was so fun and, and it, so scary. And I did, like, 28 fuetes, and then I just PK'd away. Oh, my God. The other day... <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was thinking about that Fuete debacle at the gala a few years ago. <laughs> Every time you come to see me, Reed, there's a Fuete debacle. There okay. were no debacles last I swear night. where I can Fuete sometimes. No. Well, this is interesting. I was thinking, because you were coming on the show today, about, like, when we met. Yeah. But that wasn't the first time I'd ever, like, oh, at seen you. Because gala. In well, Chicago, right? We were at the Chicago Dancing yeah. Festival when I met you, but I saw you dance first at the New York International Ballet Competition. Oh my god! Apparently, you've competed at every competition. That too. Oh my god! <laughs> no, and, okay, those are literally the only competitions. That okay, I've done, we'll figure out another I one think. later. <laughs> <laughs> and who you were dancing with, Joseph Gotti? Who yeah, you? yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got every couple. Do you know this about this competition? Every couple does the same pas de deux. Yeah. Wait, the New York IBC? Uh huh. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Mm. I don't think it is. But, like, when it was happening, every couple did Tchaikovsky pas de deux. Am I right? Oh, God. I honestly... My memory is horrible. I think that's right. Or I think so. I La think Female Gardet or something. Really? I don't remember. I don't even think I've done that. Well, there Maybe. you have it. You did that? Well, no, I did the Ashton La Female Gardet. Oh. But, um... Yeah, I think, like, Listen. you watch, like... Tw- tw- 15 yeah, yeah. couples Everyone all does do the chai pa in a row. Yeah. And they've all been coached by the yeah. same people. Mm-hmm. Whoa. But you have to just show up with, like, the costume. They tell you what costume to bring. And then they teach it yeah. to you, and you do it. And like, you, like, live in a dorm, yeah. too, I think. Yeah. How long is this situation? It's like a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the competition is just, like, two different... Hi, it's me. Since I'm a witch, I can be in numerous places at once. So even though I'm upstate, I'm also in this podcast. Reed's just paused because uh, he got a phone call from the New York City Ballet subscription audience. You'll hear him talk about that in just a moment. And it reminded me about airplane mode, which is something I try to do when we're doing these podcasts so that I'm not interrupted by um, New York City uh, Ballet subscription office. It's never going to call me, but, you know, that's... uh, Someone I don't want to talk to, probably. Or maybe someone I do want to talk to, but I just can't speak to them right now. I love airplane mode. And when people talk about small things that you can do to improve your life, put your phone on airplane mode. I do it all the time. Um, Especially if you're going to put it in your pocket because of radiation. And, uh, yeah. Anyhow. 
And we're back. It was at New York City Ballet subscriptions, people. <laughs> I've had many, many like awkward conversation with them. May I just tell you a quick story? Yeah. So at ABT, uh, in days past, the lounge used to be directly next to the telemarketing office. And I was legit sitting on one of the sofas in the lounge when I get a phone call. And it was ABT's telemarketers asking me if I'd like to buy tickets for this <laughs> spring season. And I was like, I am a dancer and I'm on the sofa. Please take me off your list. I'm in the shows. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. funny when they call the New York City Ballet people would be like, I think you'd really love to see this new piece, Rodeo. And I'm like, uh-huh. You know, it's, yeah. it's awkward. Yeah. When you've like worked on the production, well, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, right. What were we, we were talking about your experience in the New York International oh, yeah. Ballet Competition. Oh, yeah. And you were going to say the first time oh, yeah. you saw me. So it was the first I saw of you, and I remember being like, my thought about you, okay, you can't be offended because now <laughs> you know that I think I you're will. so wonderful, but I was like, this girl has everything and couldn't be less happy. <laughs> I mean, that was probably accurate. I was very unhappy to be there. Right. I was like, she's so gifted. She can do everything and she yeah. looks miserable. Oh, yeah. I hated, like, I hated it. I I loved, like, the process and rehearsing and stuff, but it was, like, completely terrifying to me to be out there. You weren't, it like, was horrible. having joy for performance Not yet. Not whatsoever. No. And then the next time I saw you was when we met at Chicago Dancing uh -huh. Festival. And I remember watching you do Corsair with Corey <laughs> and being like, she's wild. That was, like, my next impression. I, I was like, she's she seems to have more joy for dance, maybe too much now. Like, you you tilted into, like, something else. And then, in like, since then, like, everything has come together in, like, a way that's so extraordinary that, like, I was fully crying last night Aww, watching you dance. That's so sweet. Well, I know you're a tough critic, so that means a lot to me. Although you may be somewhat biased. I don't know. I might be. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> there are some dancers who I'm obsessed with who I don't particularly like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so. I, I get that. I like I like you and I love you. Oh, thanks, Reed. <laughs> well, I like you and love you back. Um, so, okay. All these competitions happened. You didn't win any of them except Youth America yeah. Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good summary. <laughs> Ooh, the curry's here. Or, Mom, or, or Kirsten. Kirsten. Taking a curry. break. We'll be back. <laughs> the buzzer has rung, and it might be their curry, or it might be Kirsten, who is Reed's boyfriend, or Reed's partner, Reed's lover. I really want to bring that word back. It doesn't really, doesn't it just send chills down your spine? But I think it's important. And that chill might be your fear of intimacy. So his lover, um, which reminds me that it's Pride Month, June. Uh, I'm bummed I won't be in the city for Pride. I'm up here at Bard. Maybe you can hear that bird chirping out there. I think we're going to do a Pride. Aaron Markey, who's amazing, was on uh, an episode. And Peter Smith, who's playing Peter. And I, uh, with our musical director, I think I'm going to do a queer night at the the tent for Pride Month. Um, I've already put dibs on Rose's turn from Gypsy. Feel free to Google that. Um, I can sing it real well. Um, Kirsten Curry Pride Month. Mm, yeah, during Pride Month, if you're not queer, 
you you do everything for all your queer friends. You get us coffee, um, hug us a lot, uh, just be really lovely. If we say happy and you don't say pride within two seconds, you've committed a hate crime, okay? Okay, we're back again. Yay! Okay, what were we talking about? Um, We got through competitions. Oh, we were talking about how you're a good dancer now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I do want to talk about. I like hearing about like people's trajectory through the Mm -hmm. company. How many years did you dance like in the quarter ballet before you started getting opportunities and like figuring out like, oh, I'm I'm gonna make this happen? And what was your first uh, recollection of knowing what your opportunity was? Like what was your when you realized you had a break? Well, yeah, I guess I got into the company and then pretty quickly I started doing stuff actually. Like I think one of my first things my first thing was pas de trois in Swan Lake, the jump girl. Okay. And which is so hard. I was probably... 18. 19. That's amazing. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, it was a real challenge. And that was like, it was like being back at that competition again when I got out there because I was so terrified. And it was like, I could not like get myself to emote whatsoever and then I remember someone told me to smile like just smile which I think is like one of the worst things you can tell a dancer and um so the next show I got out there and I was trying to smile and I just looked like a crazy person grimacing At when, like when burying your, my teeth through when the did whole your thing. like relationship to terror to, and nervousness and start to shift I think it was just like over time like the more that I got out there the more I was able to just, like, be natural. And um, I think it was just... It probably took, like, years, honestly. I think, like, the whole time that I was in the core, because I was doing a ton of soloist stuff and then, like, principal stuff started to get added, too. I think one landmark was um, Theme and Variations. I got cast in that with David Hallberg. For Um, a season? No, it was for our tour to Cuba. Oh, wow, okay. Because Jillian was having surgery. So they put me in, like, at the last minute. It was, like, Jillian a few weeks surgery? before. It was, like, her ankle, I think, to have a bone removed. Oh, yeah. It was, like, pretty minor. Um, and so, yeah, I remember going to Cuba, and I felt like I was so nervous before the show for, like, days before. And then when I and got I'll out there, I... will get and give a I... moment of context before you go on. Theme and Variations is a balancing belly that's yeah. really famously hard. It's so hard. Yeah, okay, It's keep so going. hard. Um, and yeah, this was my first principal role. Wow. And, um, I remember I got out on stage and I was just able to like breathe and I really connected to the music and it like brought something new that I'd never really felt before. And this was at like the National Theater in Cuba? The Karl Marx Theater. And was the audience wild? Yeah. I don't, honestly, I don't even really remember the audience. I just remember like... The feeling of being on stage, especially, like, in the adagio, and just being able to, like, breathe and really, really take my time and listen to the music. So, yeah, I think, so then after that, maybe I found the more I connected to the music, the more I was able to, like, let go of all the other stuff. And what was your first full length? Brightstream. Oh, so Alexei. Alexei, Yeah, Alexei picked me for that. Was that the first 
Alexei Fulang, the company did? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It was, um, yeah, it was, I think maybe a year after he had been with us or within that first year. And who, no, maybe after a year. Who were you sharing that role with? Um, it was, uh, Paloma, oh no, Paloma did the other girl. Yeah. It was Jillian and, um, God. <laughs> I don't know. My memory's terrible. <laughs> You're like, I did it, and that's all I remember. Yeah, definitely Jillian. Oh, Asapova. Natasha. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. And then from there, you've just like continued to stack on more and more. Yeah. So like, but were you already principal by the time you did No, I was in the corps de ballet still. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was in the corps. Wow. Yeah. How long were you a soloist? Soloist uh, I was a, really a soloist for three years. Oh, not so long. Not too long, yeah. So you were like, I'm just going to get out of here. Wait, so I guess, yeah. Corps? I was in the Corps for like four years, five years, and then soloist for three years. Which is, I mean, like, it's crazy. At the time, I was like super impatient, and it feels so long, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's actually a pretty fast trajectory. I mean, it's not Paloma you... fast, but it's right, fast. Right, right. Was it Paloma? was like two years or something. Yeah. When, like, how old was he when she was promoted? I think she was, she really was young. it was, she got promoted one year before me. Oh. Yeah. I think she was like 26. Was she, was she a soloist when I joined? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. James, how long have you been in the company? Six years. It's crazy. Does it feel like longer? I don't know. I like all at once feel like I've lived here forever and that I just showed up. <laughs> Isabella, does the company feel really different since James joined? <laughs> uh, I mean, my life certainly is different in a good way. Um, I don't know. I think there's like a generational shift that's happened since we've become principals and I don't think like we can take credit for it at all but it's just it's a different vibe like the changing of the guard it does feel like the two of you have like brought a different kind of approach to like what it means to be a principal dancer Mm -hmm. at ABT in terms of like your relationship to media and your relationship Mm -hmm. to the audience and your relationship to one another and sort of in your relationship to like being extreme, like extremely yourself, as opposed yeah. to like being like what a ballerina or a ballet dancer is supposed to right. be. Right. Well, I mean, we've talked about we've this talked at about this because yeah. it's something that is like at once liberating and also like terrifying. I mean, I think James is even is more uncensored than me. I feel like I'm a little bit more controlled about what I say, just because I I don't know. I guess I don't feel comfortable totally putting myself completely out there but I definitely admire James for his openness and honesty um how soon but into yeah, his like, getting there did you become friends immediately like, yeah, like the it, first day it wasn't even on the first day we do like a, a week of preparation classes to get yourself in shape before the season actually starts rehearsing mm-hmm. and uh I hadn't joined yet and I was just taking the maintenance classes and uh, I went up to her and I was like, you're really fucking good. And she was like, no, you're really fucking good. <laughs> My God, we sound so annoying. <laughs> we are. And uh, then we had a kiki and we like hung out. Oh, oh okay. Chapter four is coming up. <laughs> okay. The buzzer has rung again. And this time it is their food. It is their curry. And I wish I was there. I wish I was eating curry with them. I'm, 
I'm so charmed and, and have been laughing listening to this episode. Um, I really laughed. I laughed out loud when James said Anne Heche. And shortly thereafter, I laughed out loud again when Reed said orphanage. Um, because it does sound, it really sounds like Bella uh, grew up uh, in a prison and um, James grew up in an orphanage. And look at them now. Tough times is good for people, I tell you, as Faye Dunaway, as Joan Crawford says in Mommy Dearest. Happy Pride Month. Welcome back to the podcast. We just finished eating our curry. It was delicious. It was delish. Isabella feels like throwing up. <laughs> Her curry was covered in cheese. It was really, really good. I've never I'm seen anything so like that. Curry lasagna. I do yeah. hear music. Hold on. Hold, please. Music's playing. So we're going to talk about something really interesting right now, which is that there's a perception that people who who, well, specifically the two of you who seem to be having a lot of fun and maybe not being overly serious about things, maybe aren't particularly serious about what it is that you do, about the craft of ballet and being dancers. But the truth of the matter is, is that that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, yeah, I just feel like there's obviously a lot of stereotypes about ballerinas, but there's definitely this idea of like, the ballerina diva almost like you're up on a pedestal but it's like a gilded cage situation right. um and and that's limiting and I it's believe. yeah but well the thing is i feel like with social media i mean I, I i do like think about what i'm posting obviously um but i try to i don't know i just want to be like natural in myself and not have to project some sort of like artificial ballerina persona that's not me. Right. But at the same time, I mean, James and I are actually like uber bunheads in a way. Yeah, and it's just interesting because, yeah, we have senses of humor. And uh, every once in a while, I feel like at direct odds because I am afraid of. Uh, perception versus reality and I we both make a lot of jokes and have a very light-hearted approach to our you know presentation of our work but uh, at the same time it's our passion and it's something that we've dedicated our entire lives to and the amount of sacrifices we've had to get to this place it's not something I don't know and I certainly don't want to feel like I have to defend our ability to uh have fun right yeah but at the same time I look I think about you know other dancers who are very um you know they have a very safe approach to their presentation and it I mean which is totally cool if if that's it's like everyone should just do what they're comfortable with and but I just feel like I want to be me and I shouldn't have to project some sort of, you know, ballerina persona that's not me. And where do you because feel, ballerina, where are you getting pushback artist, from? Um, I mean... It's not really from anybody. I, well, I did get asked to delete something once off of social media. <laughs> but I probably oh, yeah, I shouldn't her. really go into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I don't know, I lost my train of thought, but... 
I have um, a lot of photos of you that would have to be deleted from social definitely, media. Definitely. <laughs> most definitely. I, ju- I just think it's important not to take life too seriously because yeah i mean i definitely definitely don't subscribe to the ballerina must suffer or the artist right must the suffer. artist must, today i was asked in an, inter- an interview because from some ballet company in germany where we're doing costumes and they wanted some they wanted to ask some questions and one of the questions was like in three words like where do you want to see like art in general go in the future mm-hmm. or what are the things you most value in art and i was like I think I said, um, like, what did I say? Fun, joy, humor. Something that was like a little trite. And now thinking about it, I'm kind of like, I wish I'd said rigor, humor, Mm -hmm. and joy or something like that. Because I I don't like when people make art and they take it so incredibly seriously that... Well, that's just, to me, that's just, it verges on stupidity i guess well it's a kind of narcissism i think it it, like i feel like i mean we're so deadly serious about what we do and and my god i keep forgetting what i'm gonna say well i think (laughs) it's really valuable to work really hard at what you do and care deeply about it but i also think like to have it or to expect people to like really be serious about what you're doing is i think a little much i mean last night when we did Harlequinade, after the show, we before we did our vows, I was like, I was so nervous for that. I haven't been that nervous for something in such a long time. And, and Bella was saying, you know, it's because of the extreme care and dedication that we have, you know, and it's, it is true. It's like, you care about something so much and it becomes incredibly serious. <clears throat> and even throughout all the frivolity and fun, yeah. you really... I've invested a lot of time and effort into something, you know? Can we segue into that process? Sure, sure, yeah. When did Alexei start making Harlequinade? Um, I guess it was back in the fall with yeah. James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Harlequinade is a, a ballet that comes out of the Commedia dell'arte kind of movement. And I guess in the early 20th century, Petipa made a version of Harlequinade, and this is a something of a reconstruction of it. Yes, from the notations. Right. And so how much is, like, absolutely specific to the notation, and then, like, how much is Alexei's interpretation? I mean, honestly, I don't know how to read notation, so it's his word against anything that I might is know. Is he reading the notation, or is he working with, like, Doug Fullington from PMB, who's, like, a specialist? I believe he's reading it. Interesting. Him and his wife. Um, but, you know, don't quote me on that. I don't really know. Yeah. Did I, you watch the video of Angelica do it? Oh, I haven't seen Hanks? it yet. I, I'm going to watch it. Because they did a reconstruction of some of the sections of Harlequinade for a Guggenheim Works in Process mm-hmm. in 2015. And we'll watch it after, but very similar to what you did, but also different. Hmm. I'd be really interested to see like, that. I'll have to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'd I imagine mean, it's similar, but with a Rotmansky accent. Right. I think, like, all the directions are pretty set, and certain, like, I don't know, certain hand gestures are set in the, but based on the notations, but I'd be curious to, for you guys to look at this other version and tell me what's different. Yeah, I'd be really interested. Well, yeah, maybe we can take a five and I can watch it later, but, um, (laughs) but, I mean, yeah, I know for sure that Alexei was, like, obsessed with getting it right, 
mm-hmm. like, to look right in his mind. And I feel like, I mean, there can't be many people on the planet who really know more about Petty Paw or the history of ballet than Alexei. So I'm sure he really, like, there was this one section that he kept changing. Literally every day he changed it. The It's part of the serenade, and I think that's because there was like a gap in the notations there so Mm. like the spacing was written out but the actual steps weren't there so he had to fill everything in it feels like there's nobody in abt who who uh doesn't believe in the kind of greatness of alexei or in the process that he's bringing Mm -hmm. to the company and in the products that he's bringing because the company looks so devoted to doing these things correctly and and carrying out the details that Alexei is coaching you on. And it's made the company look more important in a way over the past few years, like starting mm-hmm. with the reconstruction of Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. It really felt like, oh, wow, something really interesting is happening to yeah. this company. And now with this again, like, there's this... It's definitely, like, just dedication to a common goal. Yeah, and it's extreme interest in, like, getting better also. Yeah. He's incredibly demanding, uh, not just, you know, artistically, but technically. And that it's hard to refuse, you know what I mean? Because it yeah. makes sense. It's Is like, he well, good at coaching technique? Just like oh, yeah, he's even, amazing at coaching anything, yeah. I think. I Like, I wish I could work with him on the classics. I would love mm-hmm. to work with him on Giselle and Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I always, like, jokingly say that he's my cult leader, <laughs> which sounds so crazy, but, I mean, seriously, I, we're, I don't know, it's, I feel like we would, it's not really an exaggeration to say that I would go to any length to, like, please him and try to execute his vision. Right. I feel like there are three kinds of works that he makes. He makes, he's been doing these reconstructions, he makes more contemporary works like Plato's Symposium, and then he makes what are kind of homage to past ballets like The Bright Stream and mm-hmm. things like that that are a little bit more classical in their nature. But um, somebody, I just read someone write something about these reconstructions that he does where they said it's like it's like taking an old painting, like a cla- like a really famous old painting. Mm-hmm. And then seeing what it looks like after it's been restored and all of the, like, alterations that have been made to it over the years have been removed. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it, like, comes back to life and you understand what it, what the intention was. And I think that's so correct. Like, I hadn't really thought of it so clearly mm-hmm. as that because I have had other people who I've talked to about the reconstructions say like, well, why? Like, what's the point? Like, why don't we just keep moving forward? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you can only move forward so far until it becomes extremely vague and we've forgotten what it's supposed to be. So how, what a gift to now be able to look at <clears throat> what, what it was. Well, why do totally. we make World War II films? You know, it's a view, it's a window to the past. It's right. a view of a human experience that we can no longer feasibly view, you know? Right. And I think it's, maybe it's not, you know, important per se, but it is... I think it is important, like, to, it's I mean, to anyone who loves ballet, it is important. Yeah. I mean, but then again, there's the argument, do we make work for people who love ballet or for <laughs> new audiences? And I think 
it's okay to do both. And I'm really happy that we did it because not only did it give Bella and I an opportunity to do something that we would never mm-hmm. get an opportunity to do, yeah. but it it's a window to the past. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, going back to the cult leader thing, there's nothing guru-ish about Alexei. Like, he doesn't try to, like, I don't know, cut you down just so he can build you up or, like, take credit for you. It's nothing like that. It's just, I think that our devotion to him and his vision just comes from, like, extreme respect. Right. Because he's so hardworking. Mm. Um, I mean, he must be one of the most hardworking choreographers out there. And, like, he himself has so much dedication and to his craft and belief right. in the art form that it, like, inspires you to, I don't know, really, like, go the extra mile, I guess. There are, I mean, ABT is a company of really exceptional dancers. And so often you see with companies like that that these groups of exceptional dancers are not interested in having other people tell them to change how they dance or to try new ways of approaching steps because they're like, I'm already, I'm already doing what I know and I do it really well and mm-hmm. I've been hired. And you really don't feel that from the dancers at ABT. You feel that they would do anything he says because some of the stuff you guys are doing looks <clears throat> so odd and foreign <laughs> in a way that makes it so modern and beautiful and fascinating mm-hmm. to see this this very old-fashioned approach to things that is all of a sudden totally fresh again like that weird weird duet you guys did in the lark section mm-hmm. was amazingly beautiful amazingly strange and had so many things that were just totally absurd but like that little side like, I don't even know what you would call that. The, side ponche? Well, it's like the, the injured <laughs> injured bird devlape. Yeah. And also, like, it's hard to describe these things, but you should try to go see this production. By the time this podcast comes out, you won't be able to see Bella and James do it, but you will still be able to see it mm-hmm. through the weekend. But it's fascinating. And those variations are so interesting so and peculiar. Interesting. Yeah. And, and oddly, like there's a lot of time in them in a weird way, especially the female ones where like not a huge amount is going on. You have time to really see the architecture of the body Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's really wonderful. Yeah. They're they're really unlike any other solos that I've ever done, especially the second act variation. It's, it's so, it's, I don't know. It's weird. And Um, what is, I love it. I really enjoy it. Describe like a step inside of that variation. That's like unusual and something you haven't, wouldn't normally see in a ballet. Like, you you basically do <coughs> changement, bourre to the side, changement, bourre to the other side, zigzagging back and forth, like, six or seven times. And that did happen a lot. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it feels like way too many times to keep doing such a simple thing. So, you, I don't know, I just tried to, like, fill it out with as much, like, Hollywood glamour as but I could. What you do encounter in <laughs> in, like, contemporary versions of classical ballets is that things repeat two or three times but how fascinating to have something repeat six times yeah it becomes amazing yeah and it becomes much more modern and it's interesting because the music changes too so it's not just like the music says a so the step is a it's like the music changes but the step remains the same right well at first when we started doing it i was actually like 
questioning Alexa. I was like, I don't believe that that's the real step. <laughs> but then he was like, I don't care. Just do it. <laughs> I don't so I was believe like, you. okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and now I get it. Wow. And then the hops on point section, do you feel like some of that was interpretation from Alexa or like he really like deciphered that? I think he deciphered it, but I also like when I look at pictures of the point shoes that they wore back then, I have my doubts about how you could have hopped on point on that shoe. Well, but who knows? They were probably they did. super I, I, strong. In that lecture I was listening to about it, there are writings from like the premiere of Harlequinade of the ballerina oh and talking God, about how she... Where did you find that? Found what? The writings. Oh, Doug Fullington reads them in that oh, in cool. that okay, I'll watch works it. and process thing. Really you should watch curious. the whole thing. Yeah, it's really I will. fascinating. Um, well, that was Harlequinade. I, I'm sure people would want me to like talk through the whole thing, but all I'll say is that, in some ways, it captured that same feeling that his Sleeping Beauty did, but because I think the plot is a little bit less uh has a little bit less it's a little know, less urgency epic. yeah somehow it but i mean it feels it, you a little can't silly really say, i mean the story of sleeping beauty is really no more like but it's a life and death a story That's in true. a way it's more and, epic and this is just like a i want to marry you know it's like a mm-hmm. it's a a love comedy mm-hmm. well i mean sleeping beauty is done in complete seriousness whereas something that is a comedy that <clears throat> breaks the fourth wall, that is self-aware, I think people are going to not have the same visual urgency. I don't know. Right. And I think that doing, like, successfully doing stage comedy is really harder than doing, like, Agreed. a stage drama. Mm-hmm. So I think he's... Yeah, and the music's not as grandiose as... Right. Chikowski's and not as familiar. And so, like, going to a show where you're not as familiar with the music, somehow it's a little bit trickier to connect. Yeah. But... The music's so beautiful. So beautiful. I, I mean, yeah. It's really uh, twinkling and luxurious. Twinkling. Twinkle. Twinkling. <laughs> okay, wait. Oh, it's in my phone. I had a list of things I needed to say, okay. but now I don't know what to do. I'm going to ask her something. Yeah, ask Isabella something, James. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was a yes or no question. Oh, you did it. Um, <laughs> cool joke. <clears throat> if you uh, had to disappear and like <laughs> do you want me to disappear if you were like in witness protection you had to like move to another place and like start a completely different oh career god. where would you go and what would you do oh my god oh my god um well i feel like if i had to live in another city i'd probably live in paris because i love it you can really disappear in paris yeah <laughs> i'll start smoking and <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know if I had to disappear. Like, is it a really threatening situation? Yes, you'll die. You're going to get killed. And your whole family's going to get killed. Whoa. I know. Maybe I'll move to, like, the north of Sweden to my mom's house. They'll never find me there. Oh, my God. You're not good at this. Um, She has (laughs) sisters, yeah. Wow. Where in Sweden? She's from the north of Sweden, like, just south of the Arctic Circle. It's Mm. the most rural place you can imagine. What's this town called? It's called Sindit. I mean, you can barely even Google it. That's how small of a town it is. It's called Sindit's house. It's (laughs) ungooglebar. That means (laughs) ungooglable. Swedish people just love to smash 
words together uh-huh. into one word. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so true. Bar. <laughs> like, how do they say? Um, I know this, but it's fun. How do they say like your grandpa? Uh, it depends if it's your like maternal or paternal. But they smush the two words yeah, together, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh you're God. far, far, and you're more yeah, far. Yeah, far, far, and more far. Yeah. yeah. She's more Sweet. far than, I don't far, know. Far, far? Far, far. Where would you go? Uh, Montana or something. I'd be like a cowboy. Have, like, work on a ranch or something. Really? Yeah, that sounds nice. Peaceful. I'd mm. drink a lot of coffee, and I'd sleep with the, the farm You saw people. that movie, God's Own Country, with me. Oh, and I want to be You're having now. that fantasy. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah. Montana it is or where was that in where in, was that that was in England oh, yeah in England okay or, <laughs> he's not purchased. I don't know or I'd like you know move somewhere and be like a, a gibberish translator interesting do you know how to speak gibberish no yeah <laughs> I can horrible. do pig Latin let's hear it then um what uh Ames J. Eitwide say was that right I don't think so Eitside way Ames J. Outside way. Outside way. Yeah, that's right. Idre Artelme Bay. I think it's easy to understand. Yeah, it is too easy. My mother taught me a language called op. Do that. And uh, you put op before each syllable. So I, if I wanted to say hello, it would be hopalapo. And oh, but after the consonant. Yeah. Hopalapo. Uh, I, I, I'll say Do how Isabella are you today? Boylston. Appa zappa bapa lapa bap oil stapa. Oh my god. napa napao wapa dapa yapam sape yapping dapu yapu. This is a good, this is like a Star Trek language. You can't language. hear it. You no, you wow, really can't hear really it. It's really hard. Bapak yapu bapitch. You're fluent. You got it. Bapitch. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to figure that out. Nancy, Nancy. So we can talk to each other. Code for days. Well, speaking of codes, have you guys heard of the podcast Death in Ice Valley? No. Oh my god, it's so good. It's like about this crazy murder slash suicide, no one knows, of this woman in 1970 in Norway. I'm gonna watch it. In the mountains. I'm gonna listen to it. Death in Ice Valley. Oh wait, is that the one you texted me that I never listened to? I have another podcast recommendation. (laughs) So, (laughs) Jonathan Van Ness has a podcast called getting curious and he has an episode with Mira Na- Mirai Nagasu the mm, ice mm. skater and he starts crying when she's like talking about triple toe loops and stuff because oh he's God. just like so moved by her story wow. it's amazing like sobbing Aww. it's really really good you guys uh, have to listen do you want me like... to talk about triple pirouettes <laughs> <laughs> one time will you tell the story of those fuetes which oh god at the gala yeah. which one <laughs> <laughs> that was evil that was evil oh god it was like the spring gala and first i had to do an excerpt from this yuri killian piece and i was in oh, flat yeah. shoes and i was just like sauteing about so in that's a symphonietta yeah. it was basically just like so, grand jetés grand jetés uh-huh. around in flat shoes and then a couple numbers later i had to reappear in the coda of Don Q, only 
to do 32 flattes. She literally, so, like, this was basically, like, a mashup of, like, variations and coda chunks. Like, James did the variation from La Sylphide, followed by, like, someone coming out and doing, like, a five-second variation. And then suddenly, Isabel ran out <laughs> from, like, the back and just started doing fuetes. <laughs> and it was Oh, crazy. I derailed so hard. <laughs> I think I, like, migrated over to stage right, like, to the wings, and then, like, did a few fuetes on flat. Maybe did like another bore preparation and then finished like sixteen more. Will you also tell the story of when you didn't do the fuetes in Swan Lake? <laughs> yeah, and ever since then it's been. And by the way, the fuetes fuetes are like spins that happen like over and over again and look impressive, and they're like very famous in Swan Lake. Yeah. Wait, you didn't do the fuetes in Swan Lake? Not last year because I sprained my ankle in oh, Giselle. That's right. Well, James should tell that story because we were in Giselle together oh and I came out for my first variation at the beginning of Act 2 and it's beautiful. It's such a, it's like the best ballet. And um, I did I did my hops. She's like, it's, uh-huh. she's been dun, dun, resurrected dun, dun, from dun, the grave. Dun, 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 dun. Oh no, the second act? Oh, second act. Okay. And I like went for broke and was hopping really fast and then the audience started clapping in excitement and then I got like even more pumped up and so I went for my like Vayasam blaze and was just like flinging myself up into the air and I sprained my ankle so bad. Did you come down and sickle it? No, it was like a high ankle sprain where I got into too deep of a plie. Oh, I like yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. control the landing. And then I immediately had this like searing pain and knew that it was not good. So that is the first, pretty much, your first entrance in Act 2. Yeah. And Act 2 lasts about 35 to 40 minutes. She cried. She wept. She bawled <laughs> through the entire act, through our pot does, through, like, directly until she gave me the flower at the very end. Yeah. You had tears on your face. Oh, yeah, streaming down. But you just did so it. sad. Also, I have another... I didn't well, have an option. No, she did I, a I great didn't have job. Were you pointing your foot? Yes. I think so. She I, did everything. It was insane. I did everything. And you heard her sniffling? No. She was, like, sobbing. Like, <laughs> every time, she, like, we, like, I could see the tears streaming during the pavada, and oh. then we'd leave the stage, and she'd be like, ah! <laughs> 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 you know? And I, I mean, what am I to say? So I'm just like, you know nothing to say and so then you got like partially healed enough to do a swan lake yeah i was like i don't know no you just dance on injuries like yeah and then you got to the fuetes part and did you make a spur of the moment decision yeah i did well because i had never been able to rehearse the fuetes because they were too painful and so i was like i'm gonna because you sprained your left ankle yeah and then i just ran out of the wings and did a double menage of coupe jetes which which alvin didn't know and alistair mccauley called it a splendid event it was a splendid event (laughs) i mean i've all i've considered keeping the splendid event because I quite prefer coupe jetés to fouettes. You have good coupe jetés. A coupe jetés is like a, a split jump with a turn between that just continues But it's on. usually a man step, mm-hmm. like men do it. Yeah, but I guess you're part man. I guess I am. <laughs> I mean, that jump is just everything. You do have a remarkable jump. Last night in the end, you had, yeah. like, you had to soda shot that way, and then you had to soda shot that way. 
And they were so, I really, I, I laughed. It was, did so it harken back to the Le Corsair performance? Not quite. No, because wild? you, you seem to be aware of your arms. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, improvement. Yeah. It was never a legs issue. <laughs> the legs are always doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my What's God. What's part of that? And then, play? Sorry. Oh yeah, play a game. I want to play Hitch or not Hitch. Oh, please, please, okay. please. Okay. Uh, do you want to come up with the first one or shall I? Oh, uh, you shall. Okay. Hitch or not Hitch? Sweatpants. Not, not Hitch. Hitch. <laughs> I mean, everyone loves sweatpants. Let's go. Yeah. Very not Hitch. Your turn, Bella. Uh, Hitch or not Hitch? Ms. Bit. Ugh. Not Hitch. In her senior years, oh. Hitch. <laughs> really? Hitch. You're a nightmare, woman. I almost called animal abuse when I saw your video that you posted this morning where you locked her in the bedroom. Oh, she really wanted out. Oh, she's so she irritating. She literally blood-curdling screams from oh 6 a.m. until like 9. Do you feed her? I feed her every day and I leave food out for her. It's just, she likes the fucking wet food, which is a nightmare thing. And I, she's 17 years old and my vet was like, you need to feed her wet food because she's... 1,000 years old in cat years. And she has one, like, literally one tooth left, and it's (laughs) on the bottom right, and it's her bicuspid or whatever. Wow. Her fang. One is better than none. So I leave, like, some dry food for her to, like, mash up on her gums, and then I feed her wet food in the morning and in the evening, and she screams. (laughs) From the dry food? No, she screams because she wants the wet food. She loves it. She gags. You know what it's called? No. Chicken and herring smooth loaf. <laughs> smooth loaf? Yes. Oh, God. Nast. Okay. Hidge or not hidge, feet. Oh, hidge. Dancer feet, extremely hidge. No. Severely hidge. Today in Pilates, I, like, bumped my right foot into, like, an apparatus, and, like, my fourth toenail came off. Oh, God. But underneath it was another toenail. Has that ever happened to you? I think so, it's yeah. Like a, a wig reveal. It was, because I was like, oh my god, something's on my foot. And I was like, that's my toenail. Yeah. I was like, why am I not in pain? Do not remove your toenail unless you have another toenail <laughs> underneath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, okay, do more one more, James. Okay, hedge or not hedge. Um, oh, it has to be a good one. Uh, help me out here. Um... Cowboys? No, I want it to be something relevant to dance. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh my gosh, but I can't because you it's can. shady. Oh, do shade. You can't. You're never going to answer it. I know she won't. Okay. I will. I'll do something else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hedge or not hedge. Um, people who clip their nails in public. Oh, beyond hedge. Yeah. No. I'm not against it. What? Like, How I, is that acceptable in I public? mean, not... Okay, at, in a ballet studio, I think acceptable as long as you keep your nails contained and throw them in the garbage. No. Yeah. One no, time, Drew Jacoby went up to my friend Laurel with a handful of what oh, appeared God. to be nail I'm clippings, and and she said, "Look." And Laurel goes, "Are those all nail clippings?" And she goes, "Not a one. They were like skin clippings because she'd been clipping off her calluses." Oh my God! Not a one. Not a one. Oh, not hidge a one. or not hidge, eating on the train. 
pretty hitch, but it's I've done hitch, it I've before. Done it. Yeah, I have eaten full like hot meals. Yeah, on Chipotle. The, Chipotle. Oh, full burrito on the train. You know what? Sushi. Yeah. Anything. Chipotle at the movie theater is so gross unless you're the one doing it, Correct. and then it's delicious. <laughs> yes. I always, I will not go to a movie without Chipotle and Twizzlers with the like weird goo filling. I, those are so weird. They're like candles Ew. with candy inside. Yes. There's a lot, they're waxy, <laughs> truly, but they have sour goo in the center. And they're only yellow and red. That's true. Isabella, will you tell the earring story? Oh, Mm, yeah, this is a really nice story. This is incredible. And explain who she is. Okay, so Natasha Makarova is one of my favorite ballerinas. Pretty much every time I've learned a big classical role for the first time, like Swan Lake or Giselle, I've, like, intensely studied videos of her. And she's one of the most famous ballerinas of the 20th century. Yeah, and just her qualities were extraordinary. Like, the way she... Her articulation, the way she rolled through the feet, her beautiful, light, cat-like jump... um, just like total devotion to storytelling as well. Um, quality, 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 quality. Um, so, anyways, I have worked with her on La Bayadere, and this year was my first time doing Nakia. And right before she's I'm, the good guy. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Generally, I guess. you play the bad guy. Um, I don't know. Kamzadi's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, before I've played the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Except yeah. for I didn't play her like the bad guy. Really? No. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> you really, do you feel like you were really in love with Solar? Well, it, like, it's what she knows of love. I mean, she's been, like, completely pampered her whole she's life. Spoiled. And, I mean, she's extremely cultured and educated. And I actually think, like, the, in the cat fight scene at least the way I decided to go with it, was that she's actually giving Nakia an opportunity to escape by, like, offering her jewelry to, like, run away. She's trying to, like, buy her safety, buy her out, and then she ends up not taking it. So then your dad... I don't think think Gamzadi is the one who sends the snake. I think it's her dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, we've diverted from the story. And she maybe is aware that... Whatever. Anyways... (laughs) Buy a dare. Re- no look it up. Cares, Google. Um, I buy a dare you. <laughs> anyway, so I was doing Nakia, which is so, it's such a great role. Um, and before the show, Natasha was wishing me good luck and she noticed that I didn't have any earrings. And so. You don't even. Have, I have my ears oh, you pierced. Have your, yeah. Okay. And so she took the earrings out of her ears and gave them to me on the spot to wear. And I must say the they show. looked very they're, correct they're for the beautiful. part. They were beautiful. Yeah, they're beautiful. You look so beautiful. I mean, you were just fantastic. Really your makeup loved. looked amazing. Thank you. Have you changed your makeup this season? Um, I, You've well, changed I, your I hair. Mix, yeah, I've changed my hair, which was like... Anyways, I uh, people have been encouraging me to change my hair for years. I think and I, that being a blonde was great for you for yeah, a while, and I think fun. like for those like doing Aurora and stuff, it yeah, all felt really yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, totally. And female Gardet, yeah. But I feel like now it's nice. You're in totally, a totally. And this yeah. is closer to my natural hair color. It's actually pretty much my natural color, mm. so it feels good. I'm fe- I'm feeling it. Um, I mean, I do different makeup for like different roles, mm-hmm. but 
I went full drama for Nikita. You did, and the earrings look beautiful, oh, and you didn't you. get an infection. No, so not good. yet. <laughs> <laughs> Though I mean, you do have, like, acid burns on your knees. There is a weird rash that's appeared, but <laughs> I think that's from something else. <laughs> okay, last thing. <clears throat> what do you want to tell people that's coming up for you this summer? I did notice you're in a documentary that's coming out on Hulu. So. Oh, that's Tyler's documentary? Yeah. Oh, God. What's it I'm called? terrified. I don't know what it's Dance called. Dance Now or Dance something. Dance Now, okay. Something like that. I'm terrified to see that because that whole week I like, I was just so tired coming. Yeah, you were there. We were coming right off the Met season and I was so exhausted and I like didn't wear any makeup and I was just like roaming around in like a fleece onesie. There's a scene (laughs) in the preview where you seem to be saying like, there's no way I'm going to fit into this Red Angels costume. It looks like it's for a child. Oh my God. I'm terrified to see this. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, it was stretchy. <laughs> you got it on. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, is it too late to cut that scene? <laughs> you have Sun Valley. Yeah, and Valley Sun Valley, my festival that is the second year. You're a producer. I, I'm the artistic director. Wow. Yeah, I have a producer, an amazing. executive producer who's amazing. Yeah. You're an artistic director. I'm an artistic director. Oh my god. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. So when someone says like what female directors are there in the country, can I say, well, Isabel Boylston directs a festival? Yeah, you can. Okay. Totally. And James, are you gonna be there? I'm gonna be there with bells on. What are you gonna dance? Uh, I'm doing Wallflower, which is a yeah. mm-hmm. a dance I made. Look it up on YouTube. And what else am I doing? The dream. I'm doing the dream mm-hmm. with, with Lauren? You- no, with uh, Jill Jill. Oh, Jillian. amazing. Yeah. Thank, she, she didn't even tell me what I was doing. Oh, I thought I told you. Oh, I'm Sorry. excited. I love the dream. Ashton's my fave. I, I love, I love Ashton. Ashton. Ugh, so Why are we good. not doing the dream like ever? It's you guys should so always beautiful. do it every summer. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, it's Ugh. so beautiful. It just, the decor. And Lafitte. Uh, we need to bring Lafitte yes. back. That is just the best ballet. <laughs> More Ashton. But it was like half sold like yeah. no one came to love I think that's mind-blowing cor- Corsair should be thrown in the garbage forever yep and then they should do Lafie more often yep and I want month in the country every year month in the country is oh my beautiful. god it's so beautiful it should always be it's month in the brilliant. country the dream as a duet yeah uh, duo bill mm-hmm. every year yeah that's like I just uh. got chills <laughs> oh those are mauling yeah. yeah incredible anything else your Instagram? Uh, what yeah. is it called? My name, Isabella Boylston. Isabella Boylston. Itcindy.org. <laughs> <laughs> and you're James Whiteside. James B. Whiteside. And you have your own podcast called... The Stage Right Side with James Whiteside. And the most recent episode is Kevin McKenzie. It's yes. very, very interesting. It is really interesting. His trajectory is fascinating. Yeah. So if you want to know how to become the director of ABT, have a listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people people want to know. <laughs> Any words of advice to young people? Uh, to young people. Um, I don't know. Just follow your arrow, and you can't be everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> I'm just li- I'm listing Casey Musgrave songs literally. How do you say you can't be everyone's cup of tea in Swedish? Uh, oh god, I'm so rusty. Sorry, mom. You can't even be everyone's cup of tea. 
<laughs> that was such Lies. a translation. <laughs> By fluming, did the IKEA meatballs? <laughs> and for the children? From from me? Yeah. Uh. Um. Gosh, this is so silly because there's so many things that everyone else says that make complete sense. And I'm trying to think of something. Oh, that I can't maybe even I remember would... any of those things. Uh, the, well, it's I... all like, you know, like be nice and work hard. Well, and all that, that really stuff. is important because it is. the thing is, if you're not nice to people, then when great things do happen to you, no one cares. And on the, That's you know, on true. the flip side, when bad things happen to you and life is full of hard, hard times, um, the people who like, get you through are your friends yeah. and loved ones so be nice to everyone and laugh and make others laugh so the moral of the story is be nice and be extremely talented so you can be a cindy <laughs> 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 and you i mean work your ass off yeah amen. no no Do getting around that okay you guys Oh my god, I'm not Jack. Ugh. You did really well, James. I'm just enjoying just I think I was really honestly. boring, too. Because uh, I don't want to say anything compromising. <laughs> Alright, and on that note, we loves you. <laughs> say we loves you. We loves you. I'm going to say in Swedish, Flubin doobie. <laughs> <laughs>episode james you did great don't don't thank god you're not me you're you you're a leo i'm me i'm an aquarius and that's why we get along so well i wonder what sign bella is i i wish that that's the that's the only thing that would have been covered if i would have been there is what's bella's sign something i loved in this episode and i'm gonna button this in a little bit more is the discussion around humor and around play um, but it's so clear that James and Bella appreciate the work they've done and um, that they're getting to do what they love. To be playful, especially in, this, in these times, is a highly political act that goes against so much of um, the barrage of trauma that we continually read about or that um, we're told that to participate in this violent world, we're almost told that to participate in this violent world, we have to be violent back. I'm excited for Reed to see Aaron's show. It's so incredible. It's one of the best times I've had seeing anything. Aaron Markey Singlet is non-linear theater that completely inhabits the locations, the characters, the arcs, the emotions, the psychology, uh, at each of its uh, moments that change so quickly and frequently the performers, Aaron and um, Emily, frequently change uh, not just from beat to beat, but you're often, you realize that they're holding five things all at once, which is true to life. I'm really upstate, clearly. it's uh, I'm just out here gathering mushrooms and twigs and moss and uh, Eye of Newt, and um, cooking up some herbs for all of us to stay strong and healthy through the show that I hope you come see. Um, Peter Pan, we opened sometime in June, Pride Month. I really, today, made a pretty Pride Month dance, I have to say, <laughs> for me as Tinkerbell and uh, Peter Smith as Peter Pan. Um, 
What else? I wish I'd been there. In a way, I feel now like I was there. And that feeling feels very real. Oh.